Happy Independence Day to my fellow American listeners. As most of you know, this is a holiday weekend here in the United States, and that usually means that a lot of my favorite podcasters are taking a little bit of time off. So to help guarantee there's at least a little bit of a little bit of fresh Bitcoin-related content out there for you to consume, I thought it would be an appropriate time to do a weekend update edition of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. You sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest edition of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. As I already mentioned, this is a weekend update edition. In fact, I started the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast just under two years ago with a weekend update edition, so it seems only appropriate that we do a weekend update here in, in the month of July. Today is Sunday, July 2nd, 2023, and as I already mentioned, we are leading up to the Independence Day holiday here in the United States. Uh, in the United States, this weekend is celebrated as Independence Day, even though Independence Day is actually on July 4th, the official holiday being on Tuesday, and that will mark the 247th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Of course, uh, because the July, July 4th is a Tuesday this year, a lot of people are taking an extended weekend, and this probably includes a lot of your favorite podcasts. But not us here at the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. We want to make sure that we provide fresh content for you so that you have something to listen to, uh, especially if you are taking it easy and celebrating the holiday weekend. Here in Florida, for example, the celebrations stretch for several days with our local fireworks show here on Monday at the beach and then across the lagoon on the mainland, they have the bigger celebration on Tuesday. Uh, banks and the stock market will be closed on Tuesday and the stock market will be closed early on Monday, closing at 1 p.m., which obviously is something that we don't have to worry about here in Bitcoin land because Bitcoin never sleeps, but uh, the traditional financial institutions uh, take kind of an extended holiday. They go home a little early on Monday and they're going to be closed on Tuesday, at least here in the USA. So if you need to deal in fiat to uh, get some fiat moved into Bitcoin, you might want to take that into account. Obviously, if you're in the United States, you're probably fully familiar with that. But if you're not, just be advised that if you need to make arrangements to move stinky fiat out of your bank account so that you can convert it to Bitcoin, uh, you might not be able to do so Tuesday because it is a federal holiday. Before we get into that and more, let's take a quick look at the vital statistics. At the time of this recording, we are at a block height of 796,851, and the price of Bitcoin is ringing in at 30520 US dollars per Bitcoin, and that means one dirty fiat dollar will purchase you 3,277 sats. Uh, that is about 50 sats per dollar, or 50 sats fewer than one, when do, one dollar would have purchased you on our DCA Wednesday episode. Bitcoin, about $400, $395 to be specific, more expensive than it was on Wednesday, June 28th. And that's kind of funny for reasons that we'll get into here in just a couple of minutes. 
Uh, but let's continue with the with the vital statistics. We are currently 43,149 blocks away from the next halving. That looks like that's still going to happen on April 21st of 2024. Solidly less than a year now from the next Bitcoin halving. And of course, if history repeats or even rhymes, that is when the fireworks should should begin. Not necessarily in the halving day, but uh, 6 to 18 months after the halving, uh, we should be looking at that next parabolic phase of, uh, of the Bitcoin four-year cycle. For those of you who care, Bitcoin's market capitalization is up about uh, about $7 billion over Wednesday as well, ringing in at $592.6 billion. Still nowhere near the $1 trillion market cap that you know Bitcoin claimed for a little while when we were in all-time high territory last, uh, last bull market, last bull cycle, but still very respectable considering that you know, just four years ago, the previous cycle before the last cycle, uh, we had never gotten anywhere near 500 billion total market cap. And for those of you who still value your wealth in shiny metal, shiny metal rocks, shiny yellow rocks, little round gold coins, it will now cost you more than a pound of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin. That window is closing. If you want to convert your gold into Bitcoin, just on Wednesday, it would have only taken fifth only only 15.9 ounces of gold to purchase just one bitcoin and now we are over a pound at 16.1 ounces of gold to purchase just one bitcoin and gold is going to continue to trend down in terms of bitcoin you know like like everything market seesaw back and forth it, it may may rise it may dip a little bit but ultimately the trend with bitcoin is up and to the right and the trend with gold is down and to the right when compared to bitcoin at least the mempool is looking strikingly full considering it's a weekend. Oftentimes the mempools tend to clear out over the weekend and they're, you know, more full on Wednesdays, on DCA Wednesdays. But at the moment, it's looking like there are 55 blocks worth of transactions pending in the mempool. There are only 33 blocks pending on DCA Wednesday on June 28th. So that is as many as we've seen in three weeks. And that's kind of surprising for a weekend, but not completely unheard of, you know, especially for a holiday weekend if there's people out there batching taking advantage of the weekend to consolidate transactions, for example. Along those lines, the fee estimators out there are saying that it'll cost you anywhere between 9 and 18 sats per V-byte to guarantee your transaction is mined into a block, with Clark Moody's dashboard estimating that it will take a fee of 17 sats per V-byte to guarantee you're in the next block, and 11 sats per V-byte to guarantee your transaction will be posted in a day, or 9 sats per V-byte to guarantee your transaction is mined within a week. However, mempool.space, who usually is saying it's a little cheaper than uh, Clark Moody's dashboard, is saying it will cost you 18 sats per V-byte for a high-priority transaction, which is still currently only 77 cents, which isn't a whole lot of money when you're talking that you could literally move billions of dollars anywhere across the globe at the speed of light for just 77 cents. That metric that you know I like to follow, the 24-hour transaction rate, Bitcoin's on-chain volume is obviously been up, but the 24-hour transaction rate has been trending down. On DCA Wednesday, we saw it for the first time below four transactions per second in a long time, at least the first time since the ordinals and inscriptions debacle. And that was, uh, what I said, that was a 3.79 transactions per second. And currently, Bitcoin's 24-hour on-chain transaction rate is only 3.4 transactions per second. So 
as I've explained many times before the whole ordinals and inscriptions thing, uh, you would never see more than four transactions per second on chain. That was about the maximum that Bitcoin was able to handle on chain. And anytime we saw more than 3.14 or 3.15, at least during the two year history of this podcast, every time we were above 3.15 transactions per second, the price of Bitcoin was trending up. And that was just, uh, that's, you know, that's not a, any, any kind of official TA. It's just what I've noticed in watching this statistic every Wednesday for the last two years. Uh, but then when the ordinals and inscriptions thing ballooned the transactions to, I mean, it was more than seven transactions per second. I think the highest we saw was 7.73 transactions per second, almost eight transactions per second. So that metric kind of went out the window, but it looks like that is finally starting to return to normal. Uh, and that is pretty cool. Last Wednesday, we had just had a mining difficulty adjustment. It was a fairly large one upward, and we were so close to that mining adjustment that really all the estimators were completely unreliable. Uh, there's, it's still too early to tell, but for example, last Wednesday, blocks were averaging 11 minutes and 33 seconds since the mining difficulty adjustment, and so it was looking like we were going to have a, uh, a reasonably large decrease in mining difficulty. That has corrected itself as we've gotten more data points to uh, to include in the average block time. Currently, blocks are averaging 9 minutes and 50 seconds, so coming in faster than they should. And of course, it's still too early to know because we're still 11 days away from the next Bitcoin mining adjustment. But uh, if that holds, we're looking at an increase now of as much as 2.1%. But, you know, with 1,485 blocks to go, uh, almost almost or approximately 11 days of the of the 14 days. So almost the entire difficulty epic still to go that, you know, that number isn't really super reliable at this point still. We don't have any boosts to read this week again, but I still want to say thank you to those of you who are listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 apps. Even if you aren't streaming sats to our podcast, you can still earn sats by listening to your favorite podcasts. And that's kind of the modern modern equivalent of a Bitcoin faucet. Back in the day, you used to be able to get free Bitcoin just by visiting certain websites. And I think there was one faucet out there that would give you like five Bitcoin just for clicking on the website. And obviously those days are long gone, but one way to get some free sats is by listening to your favorite podcast on Fountain App, for example. I think right now they're limiting you to about 60 sats a day. Uh, but, you know, if Bitcoin ever hits dollar Bitcoin parity, It'll be like back when they were giving away five Bitcoin for going to a faucet and five Bitcoin were basically worthless. But now, you know, look what five Bitcoin will purchase you. And uh, so the same thing will probably be said one day as hyper Bitcoinization occurs, as Bitcoin adoption goes through the roof. Uh, and even if Bitcoin only hits a million dollars, you know, that's Bitcoin sat, par sat cent parity. So that'd be 60 cents just for listening to your favorite podcast. And then one day, maybe as much as $60 just for listening to a podcast. Who knows? Either way, it's free sats. One of the things I like about that is I run a lightning node. And, you know, when you manage your lightning channels, it costs you a few sats to rebalance your channels. And so listening to podcasts on Fountain, uh, I transfer those sats to my lightning wallet. And it's basically paying the uh, paying the fees for me to keep my, my channel balanced. So, um uh, a lot of people lose money operating their lightning wallet, their lightning nodes, I'm sorry, their lightning node. And, um, and, and most of us do it because we, we want to use 
our own we want to run our own node we want to use lightning and we want to run our own lightning nodes because you know don't trust verify right uh, eventually as you get more and more into bitcoin you you will run your own node and then you'll even run your own lightning node uh, and so you would do it even if you did lose money but at least as of right now uh, 60 sats a day is more than it's costing me to keep my channel my channels balanced so that's the way i look at it um not only am I getting paid to listen to my favorite podcast, but it's paying me to run my Lightning node. Um, and so, uh, so that's pretty cool. All right. So the news today, before we really get into Bitcoin price, I just, uh, and this really isn't Bitcoin related. It kind of is in one way, but you may have seen on Twitter or on Reddit, uh, a, a Twitter user, Douglas Ordonez, posted that he absolutely got hosed taking an Uber in Costa Rica. It says, Uber charged me 29,994 USD for an Uber ride in Costa Rica. They did not convert that into Costa Rican currency, $54 USD. Altura Credit Union allowed this charge to process and Uber is not complying. Now I'm in Guatemala with a negative balance on my five year anniversary. So that really sucks. Uh, and that's something to what be careful for, be careful of if you're in a foreign country and you're paying with a U.S. app or, or whatever app you're using, and it's supposed to be converting into another currency. In this case, it did not, and that is a very unfortunate situation to be in, but a situation he would not have been in had that Uber driver taken Bitcoin, because one Bitcoin will always equal one Bitcoin regardless of where you're at. So that's one of those, that's, that's yet another one of those Bitcoin fixes this things, and hopefully they will fix it. In fact, they probably will, but last time I had a dispute with my bank, uh, it took 90 days to get my money back. And that was a clear case of fraud where somebody had just emptied, you know, they cloned my debit card and emptied my, emptied my, uh, emptied my bank account. And uh, it took, because it wasn't a credit card, because it was actual money, it took 90 days, uh, a police report in 90 days to get my money back. And it would really, really bite to be in a foreign country on your, on your wedding anniversary and have your checking account overdrawn by $30,000. Uh, I think in the post he says he's got 29, it was overdrawn by $29,994 because apparently Uber uh, put a hold that was larger than the amount due, which is, which is usually common because like restaurants, et cetera, they, you know, they hold extra because they, they need to make sure you have enough money to cover whatever tip you leave. Again, not necessarily purely Bitcoin related, but certainly one of those situations that Bitcoin fixes. As I mentioned, it is the 4th of July weekend, and a lot of big things happen in the United States around the 4th of July. In addition to celebrating our independence, the 1st of July is usually when new laws take effect in the United States, uh, or it, depending what state you're in. For example, here in Florida, all of the previously passed legislation takes effect this weekend. The end of June is also when the United States Supreme Court wraps up its session and, and announces all its court rulings. And there are some controversial ones out there, I'll tell you. Again, nothing really to do with Bitcoin, and we're not going to get into it, but uh, it is a busy time of year legislative-wise, so there's a lot going on uh, in the news, not just Bitcoin-related. All right, to Bitcoin price. I've said this multiple times. Th people like a nice round number, and I've called $30,000 a magic number, and it certainly feels like $30,000 is, is kind of like the new $9,000. If you remember the last cycle, I mean, how many times did we pass $9,000? It was great because there was that Vegeta meme, we're over 9,000 every time Bitcoin crossed the 9,000 mark. And it's kind of starting to feel like deja vu. And if history repeats itself, we're going to do this at least two more times because if we really are repeating 2019, 
you know, it would not be unusual to see that dip just like we had in 2019 where Bitcoin would drop below 30 and then by necessity it would have to go above it again before the halving and before we hopefully never see 30,000 again. Uh, and, you know, that's not necessarily going to happen. History rhymes but doesn't necessarily repeat. So this time could be different. And even if it isn't different, it might not be precisely the same. Uh, the way we get around that is we just DCA, which is what we do every Wednesday on our DCA Wednesday episode. So I wouldn't hold my breath and count on Bitcoin dropping below $30,000 again. But it's certainly starting to feel like, you know, like 30000 is the new 9000 Either way, if you DCA, you don't have to worry about it because uh, you're going to just keep buying whether Bitcoin's high or low. And you'll buy, you know, you'll buy, the, you'll buy the top, but you'll also buy all the dips. And so far, that's worked out for us. If you have never followed our DCA Wednesday episodes, we do that every Wednesday where we dollar cost average just 20 US dollars into Bitcoin. Uh, we've been doing that for almost two years now, and we've stacked over 7 million sats in doing so. Again, this isn't a DCA Wednesday episode, but if you've never followed our DCA, episode, DCA Wednesday episodes, be sure to listen in on Wednesdays and we'll get more into that. The big news on Friday, well... Um, Friday, the panic was that the Securities and Exchange Commission had rejected the uh, e the spot Bitcoin ETFs. That isn't exactly what happened. The SEC sent the BlackRock and Fidelity spot, it point, spot Bitcoin ETFs back, uh, saying that they were inadequate, basically requesting more information. Many people are actually viewing this as a positive thing, at least as far as the ETFs are concerned, because if there was no way they were going to approve a spot ETF, the SEC would just flat out reject it. When they are on track to approve a new ETF, it is this is kind of how it works. They they go there's some back and forth, and they don't just approve it carte blanche. They you know they they do these requests for further information. So uh, it remains too early to be seen. But as a result, when that news first broke, the price of Bitcoin dropped by about a thousand dollars. However, it had been going up all morning, so I think Bitcoin got it got over 31,000. I think it was like 31,300. So when it dropped, it just dropped to the, you know, the, to the $30,000 level. And then by the end of the day, it was 30,400 or 30,500, which is pretty much exactly where it had started. So even though there was a, a, a panic, a flash dump, uh, which certainly wrecked a lot of the shorts and then wrecked a bunch of the longs right before and after, uh, Bitcoin basically ended the day flat. Now, there's a lot of conspiracy theory around the timing of the SEC's announcement. Uh, for example, uh, the lead up prior to the announcement, people were talking about Friday was going to be a, a volatile day because there were options expiring. Uh, Greg Foss had said on the, on the Cafe Bitcoin podcast that there was a lot of gamma, I believe is what he said, where uh, the, that he didn't know whether Bitcoin was going to go up or down, but the gamma was off the charts and that the, the Friday was going to be a volatile day, either up or down. Coindesk had reported right before then that Bitcoin volatility likely is options worth $4 billion expire on Friday, writing that market sellers, market makers selling the options may need to buy more Bitcoin in the spot market to cover their positions if the cryptocurrency rises further. So when this did happen on Friday, Greg Foss on the Cafe Bitcoin podcast said this was an engineered headline, said this occurred on a witching day, his words, not mine, where a gamma was off the charts. He said some dealers were caught so short they needed to get a headline launched so they could cover their exposure. He said this is how it works. It happens all the time. He said it was 100% certain that that was the case, that basically this was, this was manipulation because 
um, these dealers that were short Bitcoin needed to purchase, and so they wanted to drop the price so they could buy at a cheaper price and save themselves some money. Apparently that's how the game is played, at least according to Greg Foss, and he certainly knows what he's talking about. Uh, either way, people have been talking about the, these spot ETFs and whether they're a good thing or a bad thing. I've seen multiple articles saying, what are the pros and cons of a Bitcoin ETF? And I just thought that was funny in and of itself, the pros and cons. My answer is yes, they're both. They're professionals and they're cons. That's just how Wall Street runs. And that gave me another, another fun thought. Context matters. One of the funny things about the English language is how you can say the same thing, but regardless, but, but depending on how you say it, it can mean, it can mean different things. Kind of like the, how punctuation matters. There was the, the punctuation thing where they said a panda eats, shoots, and leaves. Without the commas, like the panda eats, he shoots, and he leaves. Uh, with the commas, a panda eats, comma, then he shoots, comma, then he leaves, instead of eats, shoots, and leaves. Or, uh, as someone said about the Bitcoin conference, it certainly was nice to meet you in the flesh. It means something totally different if you were talking to, say, Hannibal Lecter, for example. Also out there, just breaking this morning, there were some rumors that I don't want to give credence to because I'm pretty sure they're bogus. Fake news tends to abound out there, but... There are reports on Twitter and Reddit of a headline saying that Gary Gensler is going to be resigning, and I cannot find anything to confirm this. I'm 99% certain this is fake news, so I'm not going to say where it was or who's reporting it, but there are false rumors, potentially false rumors out there circulating that Gary Gensler is going to resign following an internal investigation of the SEC. What I can confirm is that Securities and Exchange Commission boss Gary Gensler has been facing ethics scrutiny, among other things, over his ties to Sam Bankman-Fried. With the New York Post reporting, for example, questions are multiplying around a 45-minute Zoom call that SEC Chair Gensler held in March 2022 with disgraced crypto mogul Sam Bankman-Fried. They go on to say, and this is the important part, this is why it could get Gensler in trouble, but uh, now a document recently obtained through the Freedom of Information Act shows there is no record that Gensler ever requested permission from the SEC's Office of Ethics Council to meet with SBF. Not only is that a breach of the agency's own protocol, it is also likely that if Gensler had asked for permission that he would have been refused, according to experts. So the rumors of Gensler's demise are probably fake news, but that doesn't mean that he's not in hot water. Uh, there are many, many, many calls asking for him to recuse himself when it comes to uh, cryptocurrency or particularly the Bitcoin spot ETFs because of his um, associations with not only SBF, but also with Binance. As you recall, it was reported a while back that, that Gensler had actually asked Binance to give him a job before he became SEC chairman. Uh, so certainly there's definitely some conflict of interest out there, even if he is pure of intention, pure of heart. Also in the negative news out there, we just quoted a bunch of data from Clark Moody's dashboard, so that's probably taken care of. But you might have noticed if you tried to get stats from Clark Moody yesterday that his dashboard was down for an extended period of time. Obviously, it's back up at the moment. But um, for example, during yesterday's Simply Bitcoin podcast, they were trying to they were trying to get some statistics off his dashboard and they couldn't. Uh, I tried to load it and I was getting an error that I wasn't sure if I was having a problem because of my VPN or my firewall. Uh, so it was nice to see that it wasn't on my, it wasn't on my end. 
I had a similar issue with Twitter. I tried to log into my Twitter account because I have multiple people that live in this household and someone else was logged into Twitter, so I logged them out of Twitter so I could log into my Twitter account and it wouldn't let me. Uh, and it kept bringing up an error message saying that, I forget what the specific error message was, but it said, you might want to try clearing your cookies. I cleared my cookies, I couldn't get in. Uh, and then I started seeing headlines about people having trouble ac accessing Twitter. And uh, apparently this is part of a big new change that Elon Musk announced, where he's limiting the number of tweets you're actually even allowed to read, even if you are a blue check, even if you are a paid verified member, and even more so if you're not, with NBC News reporting, thousands of Twitter users report problems accessing site as Elon Musk says new limits have been installed. In a tweet Saturday afternoon, Musk said that verified accounts are limited to reading 6,000 posts a day. For unverified accounts, the number drops drastically to 600 posts a day, and new unverified users can only access 300 posts a day. And this second half bit me a little bit because I have a Twitter account for myself, and then I have a Twitter account for the podcast. And because I don't post very much on the podcast Twitter account, it flagged me and said that to prove I wasn't a bot, I need to interact more on Twitter or they're not going to let anybody see any of my posts. And, you know, this is a Twitter account I've had for two years, uh, but apparently I was uh, not shadow banned, but part of this new release was affecting my, my ability to post. Apparently the only people that are allowed to see posts on our podcast Twitter are people who are following us, at least it was the case. And so one way you can help me out with that is if you do follow the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast on Twitter. On Twitter, the handle is at BTC Bulletin Pod, at BTC Bulletin Pod. So we don't have very many followers. If you're on Twitter and you're not following us, please click follow. Uh, that'll help get us unlocked so we can actually tweet and reach more people. In addition to the fact that you'll be notified when we have new podcasts, when we do special podcasts, like today, for example, you probably were not expecting for us to do a podcast on Sunday. So if you're following us on Twitter, uh, you would know that we did a podcast on Sunday. So please follow us on Twitter at BTC Bulletin Pod. And speaking of, you know, being erased by technology, uh, I guess he's former parliament member and, and kind of the leader of the Brexit movement. Nigel Farage announced the other day that he's being debanked. Uh, he said his current bank notified him that they're closing all his accounts and every bank he's tried to, uh, he's tried to set up an account with since then is saying, no, they will not allow him to have an account. They wouldn't tell him why, but basically said it was a, I don't know whether they said a commercial decision, basically that they, you know, they reserve the right kind of deal. And, um, Obviously, that's another thing that Bitcoin fixes, but we've seen the money become a weapon. We've seen the weaponization of the monetary system when it comes to foreign states, like, for example, you know, when it comes to what's going on between Russia and Ukraine, where we, we kicked Russia off the SWIFT system and there's the embargo on Russia uh, and their, 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 uh, their money that they had for their reserves was all was all seized and taken away from them. We saw where if you were associated with the protests in Canada, you had your bank accounts frozen. But in general, the average person wasn't being individually targeted. And now I know you're no, you're not Nigel Farage. You're not you know a, you don't. You might not say, well, I'm not out there in the media like he is creating and creating as much controversy as I am. So a Nigel Farage or a Jordan Peterson getting debanked 
you know, that could never happen to me. But that slippery slope is getting slippery, slipperier. And if you, if it does get to the point where you are looking at being debanked, uh, you're going to want to be as much out of the fiat system as possible. Again, Bitcoin fixes this, but only if you get out of fiat and into Bitcoin before you get debanked. We've seen that every time a government starts to abuse its power, it gets worse. It's not like they, they do one abuse and they say, oh yeah, you know, we did something outrageous and we're never going to do it again. No, it just continues to get worse and worse. Governments tend to get more authoritative and more corrupt over time, not better. The only time they ever seem to go backwards is, you know, when they're overthrown. Uh, and that doesn't look like that sort of thing is going to happen anytime soon, except maybe in France. Boy, it sure looks like things are going to heck in a handbasket there. Um, but again, that doesn't have much to do with Bitcoin. However, you know, if you were protesting or rioting in France, I wouldn't be surprised if they ID you if your bank accounts are suspended and your social media accounts are suspended. Speaking of social media accounts, getting back to the whole Twitter thing, one of the ways we are not restricted is on Noster. Our Noster account is pretty brand new. I don't think we have that many followers at all. I've only posted a couple things. But the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast is on Noster. So in addition to following us on Twitter at BTC Bulletin Pod, our Noster, our Noster public key is in the show notes. So if you are on Noster, uh, please follow us on Noster because it is a little bit harder to use Noster. At least in the beginning, it's a lot harder to follow to follow people, to find people, to make sure you're following the right people. So if you cut and paste that public key into Noster and find us, I would appreciate a follow on Noster because... If Elon Musk gets worse, if Twitter continues to get worse, if we get shut out of Twitter completely, uh, we'll still be on Noster. All right, that is all I really wanted to talk about in this special edition of the Bitcoin Bullion Podcast, Weekend Update Edition. Again, um, I would like to hear what you have to say. You can, of course, do so by sending us a boost on Fountain, but you can also do so by, like I said, following us on Twitter and sending us a DM, again, at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter. If you're already following us, I'd like feedback. Let me know what you like about these podcasts, what you don't like. Did you enjoy getting a weekend update or does it kind of not go with your flow because you're used to listening on, you know, Wednesday nights or Tuesday mornings? These are things I'd like to know. So DM me on Twitter at BTC Bulletin Pod. Send us a boost through Fountain or Breeze and let us know. Or give me an email. My email address is bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. That should be pretty easy to remember, bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. And if nothing else, don't forget to join us on Wednesday and every Wednesday where we grow our stack of Satoshis together, $20 at a time. But until that time, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.